A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near, who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 31, 9 through 16. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with sorrow, and also my throat and my belly. For my life is wasted with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength fails me because of affliction, and my bones are consumed. I have become a reproach to all my enemies and even to my neighbors, a dismay to those of my acquaintance. When they see me in the street, they avoid me. I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of mind, I am useless as a broken pot. For I have heard the whispering of the crowd. Fear is all around. They put their heads together against me. They plot to take my life. But as for me, I have trusted in you, O Lord. I have said, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant, and in your loving kindness, save me. Second reading, a reading from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, 
so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. narrative itself has a vast array of themes and concepts running through it. And while I have to ask myself, what am I going to focus on? At the same time, I have to discern the fact that I have to focus on something specific because over the course of the week, I'll be looking at other aspects of the story. This year, as I began to meditate 
scripture for this morning and realize that for the first time, because of the pandemic that we are enduring worldwide, this isn't a story just about Jesus and the disciples that we happen to have a chance to look in on and reflect on. But in so many ways, it is the story of today. For the first time, what I see happening in the story of Palm Sunday and Triumphal Entry all the way through the story of the crucifixion is one long, very scary and dark plus one. And for those who don't know what a trust walk is, the best way I can describe it is, is an activity of the 70s and 80s that almost every encounter group partook in. It was part of the precursor to the outward bound style courses that are now designed to help work groups develop more of a sense of camaraderie and deeper bonds as a team. And the trust walk was fairly simple in concept. You divided your group up into pairs. One member of the group was blindfolded. The other member was not. The blindfolded member had to put their trust in the non-blindfolded member and allow himself to be led by that person throughout a course or an unknown course that has been divulged to the blindfolded individual. This was an activity that almost every Episcopal youth group during the 70s and 80s. My youth group was no different. And so every so often we did the trust walk, and one of the wonderful things about the church I grew up in, which was Trinity Episcopal in Harrisville, Connecticut, was the fact that the building had a lot of stairways and back passages and narrow areas to go through, and it never failed that whoever was leading another took great pleasure in bringing you the most circuitous route through the building to bring you back to where you started. It, in effect, oftentimes led the individual who was blindfolded to get totally disoriented and to have to totally trust that somehow this person really had your best interest at heart and wasn't going to harm you. Look at today's gospel. And I realize Jesus, on one level, is the person who is leading a whole bunch of followers blindly into the heart of darkness itself. Let's not forget last week's gospel. When Jesus tells the disciples that he's going to go to Bethany to be with Mary and Martha, they question his decision. Where they are at the time is safe and away from the Jewish authorities who are already angry with Jesus. And so literally he's putting himself back into the lion's den. He faces the danger, the wrath of the authorities. But Jesus goes there anyway. 
way Jesus not only goes to Bethany, but from the Sea of Galilee, heads straight for Jerusalem itself. The disciples knew that this was not a good plan. And they knew that whatever Jesus was thinking or doing was not going to end well. But they had faith in Jesus. They trusted that Jesus knew what he was doing or had a reason to go where he was going. So although they may have questioned Jesus' motives, It's about following and trusting. And somehow, in that sense of trusting in Jesus, knowing that no matter how dark or desperate the situation may be, somehow things will work out. As I mentioned, the trust walk in this situation is really on two levels. Disciples and Jesus Himself. Jesus knowingly goes into Jerusalem. He knowingly goes into Jerusalem, knowing the fact that He is putting Himself in danger. And He knows that by the end of the week, there most likely will be an arrest and His execution. We hear that in His prayer in the garden. If it be your will, allow this cup to pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. Jesus trusted that if he stayed faithful all the way to death and to itself, there was a promise of something greater on the other side. was about trusting in the Father on Jesus' part. Trusting what was possible, but never actually knowing. We too walk by faith. We too journey this week into the way of the cross, trusting that even as we journey with the disciples into the heart of darkness itself, that somehow God will find a way to redeem us. As we walk the path of the cross, we also walk the path of We don't know what it is. 
we don't know in reality that God will truly provide, but we have faith that God is faithful to God's promises. Now, for many of us, we too will be just like the disciples. We all have a certain level of risk tolerance before we say, we just can't go any further. For nine out of the eleven disciples, Judas was already gone by now, they were able to walk and trust and be with Jesus all the way up to the point of his arrest. And then they retreated, presumably to the upper room. Peter and John were willing to work a little bit, walk a little bit farther. Peter walks with Jesus to the praetorium and witnesses the trial, but then retreats when he is recognized as a follower of Jesus and is afraid for his own life. John, the beloved, and the three Marys are willing to accept the risk of being present all the way to the point of the foot of the cross. And they stay with Jesus all the way till the end. And yet they walk away forlorn after the rock of the tomb is rolled and put in place. What will come? They, like us in this time of pandemic, truly live in the context and the meaning of the old Baptist preachers whose words of comfort to his people are it's Friday. It's Sunday is coming. And this is where you and I have the ability to take on greater risks as well. And although we may now live in the context of Good Friday and pandemic, we know that Sunday is coming. We know that somehow, even through death on the cross, God was able to redeem that situation bring forth resurrection and new life. For us today, it is Palm Sunday, but it is also Friday. And here we sit and watch and wait with the disciples, not wondering if Sunday will come, but knowing Sunday will come. And at some point, through all of this pandemic stuff that we have to endure, that we have to fear and worry, we can trust that God will somehow heal it, transform it, and redeem it into something greater. In the same way, He transformed death into new life itself.
The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to Matthew. Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. 
And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I shall kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Hail, Master. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who was with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? Then he said to the crowds, Have you come out against as a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter followed him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat with the guards to see what would happen. Now the chief priests and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it again in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus was silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves, he deserves death. death. Then they spat in his face and struck him. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy, prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the porch, another servant saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with, the, with Jesus of Nazareth. 
And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them. Your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately the cock crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death, and they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. When Jesus, Judas, his betrayer, saw that he was condemned, he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that what to is us? That to us? See to it yourself. See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury. They are blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But... When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor wondered greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him. I have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much over him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the people to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They all said, Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify, Crucify him. Crucify him. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, 
his blood, his blood be, be upon blood be us, us and on our children. And on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put on a scarlet robe upon him, and plaiting a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat upon him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man of Serene, Simon by name. This man they compelled to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mingled with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments amongst them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Ali, Ali, lama sabak, tani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come save him. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this man was the son of God. There were also many women there looking on from afar who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. 
When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered that it be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in the clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead and the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers? Go make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. Thank you.